This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is Thursday, October 14th, and this is the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I am your host, Blair Angulo. Thank you so much for tuning in. For the last couple of weeks, we have been offering mid-season progress reports for different Power 5 conferences across the country, and you can go back into this feed, actually, to hear our breakdowns of the Big Ten and the ACC. Today, we're breaking out the red marker once again for a closer look at the SEC, and to do so, we're summoning the resonating voice of Andrew Ivins, who is now tabbed to have the ever rare double appearance on this on this podcast this week. Andrew, good to hear from you again. This is the second time we've caught up with you this week. I uh, know, man. I'm I'm like Steve Wiltfong Jr. over here. I feel like he's on your podcast every week, so he must be on vacation. I think he is. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what what's happening right now, and and you have some good sourcing there, uh, Andrew. You you know, had a chance to do some of the SEC storylines before the season kicked off. Uh, And before we start to talk about some of the teams, you know, we're going to talk Missouri, we're going to talk Tennessee, Ole Miss, a few others. Obviously, the school is at the top right now as well. But from an overarching standpoint, and the way you see the conference shaping out, it seems like everything's kind of, you know, falling into place the way, you know, I think everyone expected it to heading into the season right now. Yeah, I don't really think there's any major surprises from a, I don't know, recruiting standpoint. Like you knew there was going to be some teams that weren't going to uh, live up to expectations on the field. Uh, And then on the the flip side, there's going to be some teams that's surprised. And I think anytime you can string together a a really good start, like a a school like Kentucky, you know, that kind of translates to the recruiting trail. It's going to get guys in the stands that maybe wouldn't have been there. Conversely, like, you know, if you're off to a bad start, then it, it, recruiting gets a little bit harder. So this is kind of status quo. You know, Alabama's at the top, Georgia's right behind them, and then everyone's kind of just chasing those two. So this is kind of what we what we expected, maybe some different names in different places, but um, it's not like someone's out here with like 25 stars or anything like that. Yeah, no, and I think the obviously everything settled itself on the field and with the SEC in particular, uh, it's heavyweight battle after heavyweight battle. So we know that on the recruiting trail, that's over. That's going to carry over as well. And, um, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the dust starts to settle closer to the early signing period, which is about two months away. So uh, it's going to be a mad dash as a lot of the coaches start to put some, some finishing touches on, on those classes. Let's start with Georgia. Uh, they they have been playing obviously tremendous football, uh, looking really, really impressive, looking dominant. Uh, that defense is catching the eye of a lot of defensive recruits and, and for good reason. 
Yeah. You know, I think if you're a defensive recruit right now, like how do you not want to, you know, play for UGA? How do you not want to have Dan Lanning as your DC? How do you not want to, you know, wear that, that play between the hedges, wear that black and, and red or whatever cliche you want to find. But um, look, their, their season has been awesome statistically uh, from a defensive standpoint. There's a ton of blue chip kids that want to go to Georgia. Uh, they, they've already dialed up a few big recruiting weekends. They, they face Kentucky this weekend in the SEC game of the week on the mothership CBS um, and they're expecting a ton of you know blue chippers to be back in the stands uh, the thing that stands out to me about Georgia's class is what they've kind of done at linebacker and you know we can sit here and uh, Blair I know you're you, you've been part of these debates Malachi Starks uh, their top ranked commit the, the, the five star you know do you want to call him a linebacker do you want to call him a, a safety an athlete you know to me he's just a, a guy that's going to be able to do so much for him I I kind of classify him as as a linebacker, a guy that's going to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. But you got him, Jalen Walker, C.J. Washington. I mean, those guys are are awesome. And then I I love what they have in their edge rushers. Darius Smith, who's a guy we're we're most likely going to move in the top two, four, seven. C.J. Madden, uh, another edge rusher from the Peach State. So when I look at George's class, I I love every take they have for them. Um, You can see the vision. uh, And I'm excited to see how they kind of round this thing out because they have access to kind of not draft, but they can kind of pick and choose who they want to bring in. So we'll see what they do with these final few spots. When I look at Georgia and, and when I see the recruiting class and their method and right and their approach to it, I always think of of recruiting to their style and recruiting to a fit and, and trying to make some of those pieces fit into the grand puzzle. And the perfect player that I look at it is a guy like Keely Ringo, right? The the five the former five star corner from the state of Arizona. Uh, he went uh, across the country and I think is leading, according to PFF, is leading the SEC in in um, you know kind of th- those defensive metrics for cornerbacks uh, lowest rating for a quarterback whenever he's targeted and things like that so you know they recruit a guy and then they put him in a position to succeed and when you surround really talented players with other talented players it's it starts to really allow other guys to shine it allows everyone to kind of play in, in, in unison and I think that's one thing that's been really interesting and it carries over to recruiting you know I think someone back in the day said savages like to play with savages and I and I think of Georgia in that way, right? Where they're looking at recruiting the top talented prospects on the defensive side of the ball. They're all in on kind of that same mentality. Uh, and I think it also helps you continue to build a class. So it's going to be interesting to see how they close out this 2022 recruiting cycle. Andrew, next up, we got to talk a little bit of Tennessee. They right now, you know, it seems like yesterday that Josh Heupel was, was taking the job, you know, flat fast forward, you know, 10 or so months, 11 months or whatever it's been and you know they're starting to build a little bit of momentum i'm gonna be honest i i gotta come clean here i'm a little surprised by what mr heupel and that staff has done at tennessee you put them in a really difficult situation with the looming allegations um you know i've never really believed that josh and this isn't really a knock at him i i just don't think recruiting is like kind of where he makes his 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 money like he does it but when he was at ucf it it was kind of underwhelming so i i had very low expectations when he arrived in knoxville and so far uh he's exceeded them look right now they're 32 
two in the country. That's number 12 in the SEC, which, you know, doesn't look great. But there's some pieces in this recruiting class that I kind of like a lot. I know, Blair, you're a big fan of Taven Jackson, the quarterback they have committed. Me and you saw him at the Elite 11 finals and we're like in awe just kind of at his frame. I mean, he's a big kid. I actually like his release. He, he's super raw, but if he hits, he, he's going to be a good one for them. And then, you know, there's some defense alignment. One of these kids I saw the other night uh, playing up in Orlando, Jordan Phillips. Uh, he's a plug in the middle. State qualifier in both the wrestling and weightlifting. They have weightlifting in the Sunshine State. So pound for pound, he's kind of an animal. And I think they got a steal in him. And it'll be interesting to see if they can fend off Florida and some of these other schools. But it, you're right. You know, uh, I, I like what they're kind of building in the momentum and I think you know they're kind of maybe even surprising on the field this year so that's kind of helping them out as well. Heupel is, has been known to take those quarterbacks too right the, the guys that ha- have a lot of really intriguing traits but maybe have one flaw or, or or something that it maybe is holding them back but he's able to allow the development and he has a curve and he has a trajectory for these players you know the Mackenzie Milton's the Dylan Gabriel's the guys that he's been able to bring in or, or was able to bring into UCF back in the day uh and I really like the ceiling for Taven Jackson. I think he's going to be a, a tremendous asset for that offense down the road. And, uh, you know, this class, like you mentioned, number 12 among SEC programs, but it's, you know, it's, it's skewed a bit. And when you look at the national perspective and, and they're closing in on, on a possible top 30, top 25 finish, you have to like kind of the momentum that they've built there, especially under uh, Hypo in his first year. From one coach that's, that's making some noise to another one, and, and, and it's getting close Andrew, to that season where we break out the sweaters, you know, this morning, my wife asked me for a croissant sandwich. And I, you know, I, I had to get out of bed. And I went and I came back into the house because I needed a, a sweatshirt. But Lane Kiffin has been known to break out the the Mary Flipmas sweater, and he's he's starting to get some momentum now. Uh, he had Devin Brown on campus. He's the four star quarterback committed to USC from the state of Utah. He's opened his recruitment a little bit. He's been taking some visits. He just had him on campus uh, for the Arkansas game, and he got to see a, a shootout with another West Coast quarterback, uh, obviously leading the charge there in Matt Corral. What have you liked about Lane Kiffin, his efforts, and what Ole Miss is doing? Yeah, so right now they're they're thirtieth in, in the in the twenty four seven sports composite team rankings. And, you know, is that time to panic? Like, should Ole Miss be there? I mean, again, they're having a, a, a strong season. But like you said, last year, uh, Ole Miss really didn't, I don't want to say they didn't start recruiting, but they didn't start pushing for kids until right before Christmas, which is when that early signing period is. That's why you had the flip miss. Uh, I, I hope Ole Miss fans have, you know, tucked those sweaters away because I, I would anticipate, you know, a nice little run up to that early signing period in mid- mid-December. You mentioned Devin Brown being on campus that this past weekend for that Arkansas game, which was an absolute shootout. Uh, They had two other guys uh, on campus, Jerron Willis, a a safety linebacker out of the, out of Georgia. He's at Lee County currently committed to Georgia tech has been linked to Florida, Florida state, but he he's always spoken highly of the rebels and his teammate there, Quavion or Quaven Carter, uh, another safety out of Lee County, big, big six, three, six, four kid. He was also there. And so I I think this is going to kind of be the, 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 the MO for Lane 
Lane Kiffin uh, when it comes to recruiting. And, you know, I went to a Florida Atlantic, so I follow Florida Atlantic football. And Lane was obviously there before he went to Ole Miss. And this is just kind of what he does. You know, he takes his time. And then when it's time to recruit, he recruits. Uh, I think he likes to see kind of how his season's going to go. More importantly, how kids are going to progress and what they're going to look like a few games into his senior season. It's very almost like Nick Saban-like, that type of approach. So I, I think they're going to have some fireworks in store and, and, and some big visit weekends on deck. I'm really interested to see what interested to see what happens at quarterback. I mean, who who wouldn't want to play for Lane Kiffin? Like you know, Matt Corral seems that it seems to be like best friends with Lane Kiffin. I mean, they're playing golf on, on college game day, so we'll see if they can get Devin Brown. I think what they also had Justin Martin in for an official visit, another California-based quarterback. I mean, they're going to get someone to come and kind of chuck it around. Yeah, and and here's the thing. Here's the other little dimension of this recruiting cycle that we didn't get last year, and that was the in-home visit. And you know, Lane Kiffin charting, uh, <laughs> chartering flights from small town to small town, and you know, regional airport to regional airport. And and he's he's the guy that I think. It starts to make his his money and 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 it, his bread and butter is is that face to face contact, oh. the the in home visit where he's able to be Lane Kiffin right in front of those coaches in front of the family members and, and so I think that's where the flip miss aspect of this and, and we're getting into the holiday spirit a little too early here we're not even at, at Halloween uh, <laughs> so don't so don't bash me but but I do feel like Lane Kiffin has something up his sleeve and he's having a lot of fun not only on social media but on game days and I think that obviously translates over to the to the recruiting trail as well. We're joined by Andrew Ivins. He's a national recruiting analyst for 24-7 Sports. You can follow him at on Twitter at Andrew underscore Ivins. From one program that seems to be on the on the up and up to a program that seems to be on the downward trajectory. We just saw that Elias Ricks is out for the year and, and at LSU and and, and they've had a, a number of, of season ending injuries so things aren't going well for them on the field and and off the field, there's could be some cause for concern in the recruiting in the recruiting aspect as well. Yeah, it, 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 it's just it's one of these situations where it's like, I, where do we start, right? Yeah, or like just kind of being it on this side of things, you know, like the fans calling for Ed Orgeron's head and all the hot board. I mean, I've seen there's hot boards out for LSU right now in terms of who they're going to hire as their coach. And Ed Orgeron's still the guy. Like, I don't think that helps from a recruiting standpoint or a talent acquisition standpoint. And I get it. Don't, don't get me wrong. But this, this recruiting class right now, it's, it's, it's holding steady at 15 commits. You know, it sits number nine nationally, number three in the SEC. But it seems like it could very easily kind of fall apart, just depending on what happens with Ed Ordron, what kind of timeline, you know, if they were to replace him, when does that happen? Does it happen two weeks before the early signing period? Do they plug early? Do they get a coach in before then? I mean, you look at this class, and I think there are some guys that other schools are definitely going to take a swing at. One of them I'll bring up, Demario Tolan, a linebacker out of Orlando. Uh, I was up up there last week, had a chance to talk with him, and I asked him, like, I mean, he was wearing LSU cleats with tiger eyes on him. I'm like, how solid are you? And he, he was saying all the right things, but then he kept saying, well, I'm still going to take some official visits. I'm probably going to get out to Oregon. Miami wants me to visit. Florida State wants to visit. And I think anyone that is coveted 
Um, people are going to take a look at Walker Howard, the quarterback, their prize quarterback commit, five star on the composite. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't too long ago he he was scheduled to get out to Notre Dame for a visit. Um, with Terrence Welsh, cornerback, right from right there in the boot, Florida State was trying to get him on campus. So it'll be interesting to see if they can hold on to these kids, and then kind of more importantly, what happens with their their targets? You know, you're, you're still trying to go after some guys. Uh, Azariah Thomas is, is a top two four seven athlete out of the Panhandle up in Florida. You know, at one time it looked like he was going to LSU. Uh, I don't think that's the case anymore. You know, it, that seems like it might be a, a Florida. A lot of people think he's going to end up at Florida. I think actually Georgia Tech is the real dark horse in that recruitment. But Denver Harris, I mean, there's a ton of guys that are still on LSU's board. And I just think it's going to be really hard for them to get these guys in the boat when there's so much uncertainty about where what, what's going on with Ed Ordron and what's going on with the rest of that staff. Yeah, when you add in the uncertainty of the coaching staff and the future there. And, uh, you know, when you look at recruiting, and, and you kind of try to see where recruits' heads are at, uh, you, you have to consider the the basis, right? Coaching staff stability, you know, on-field performance, all that sort of stuff. And it seems like right now with LSU, there's just too many gray areas, too many cloudy areas there for, for recruits to really feel stable about that future. But, you know, we'll see what happens over the next couple months heading into the early signing period. But I, I think timing is everything, right? If there's going to be a move, it has to be made in order to salvage what you can and to make the the necessary changes or whatever it whatever happens it has to be decided before the early signing period or else there's going to be attrition uh regardless before we go andrew last point and that would be with missouri uh which right now and to borrow a phrase from the baseball sense because we are going to be talking a little baseball here it sounds like missouri's in a pickle yeah, and I don't know if this story has been really reported or this storyline. Hopefully, I can write it here over the next few days. I mean, I'm just so so kind of busy. But uh, Sam Horn, the the quarterback commit for the Missouri Tigers, he's their highest ranked commit, number nine in the composite for quarterbacks, number one hundred two na- uh, overall in the nation. Um, he plays his football at, at Collins Hill, which is outside of Atlanta. Depending on when you're listening to this podcast, you can catch his game on TV Thursday night. Uh, this is this is a big time big time quarterback. He's completed over seventy percent of his passes this season. Uh, a, a bunch of touchdowns to, to a, a little amount of interceptions. I don't know the ratio off the top of my head. He throws the ball to Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country. But uh, this is a guy who can play. But I'm not sure he's going to end up at Missouri. I, I was talking with him the other night on the phone about the All American Bowl, uh, an event he will participate in, and he kept bringing up the fact that he might just play baseball. Uh, he's expected to be drafted high in the MLB draft. He's, as he described it to me, he's kind of a two-way, two-way guy in, in terms of not playing offense and defense, but he also he, he pitches and he's in the outfield. He's got a really strong arm and, and some scouts have told him um, that they remind him of Bubba Chandler, who if that name sounds familiar to uh, people, he was the quarterback that signed with Clemson last year, ended up passing on uh, an opportunity to play for Dabo Sweeney and went the MLB route after being selected in the third round. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Sam. He was on campus, I think it was last weekend or the weekend before for his official visit. But I'm starting to wonder, like, is Missouri concerned about this guy potentially just saying, hey, I'm going to go play baseball? And I think that'll be something interesting to track. You know, look, Missouri's in the SEC. It might not get as much pub as, as some of these other schools, but Eli Drinkwitz, he has an exciting offense. Uh, and I think he's anticipating Sam kind of being his trigger man uh, at some point down the line. Yeah, and when you think about obviously baseball and football and and the, kind of the the differences there, I think 
name image and likeness and the ability to make money off of your brand, I think is is leveling the playing field a little bit. Obviously, baseball had the leg up. Were you able to get that signing bonus right after you get drafted? Uh, you go through that whole process. We saw Kyler Murray obviously go through through some baseball stuff as well. You know, a, a, a guy like, um, you know, Russell Wilson, who obviously played both sports as well. So it, it's been done before. Uh, but like you, you mentioned, it could be cause for concern as Missouri right now has the number six class in the SEC according to the industry generated 24-7 sports composite Bama number one Georgia number two LSU number three A&M number four and Florida number five as we make a charge towards the early signing period Andrew can't wait to do it again man maybe we'll have a three episode week next uh you know maybe in in next week or the week after that (laughs) well I'll say this man like have you felt like there's been more commits over the past like two weeks and like a a long time I feel like we're in June or 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 December here like things have got and what I would say, quote unquote, active uh, on the recruiting front. Yeah, it's been good for business. I will say <laughs> that. And, and obviously, it's a lot of fun. You know, I think recruits are now seeing the finish line. And I've had recruits tell me, hey, can I commit at the All-American Bowl? And and I kind of know where I'm going and this and that. So I think, you know, this is around the time when recruits start getting tired of the process, right? The answering the text messages and the calls and the FaceTimes and the Zooms and going on these visits. You know, the recruiting, the recruiting process is fun. And, and every recruit will admit that. But at one point, point it does get a little bit tiresome uh so it's going to be uh, i think uh, you know like you mentioned it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out over the next two months as recruits start to kind of you know figure out where they want to be yeah well we'll talk to you next time blair thanks for having me on man all right that is andrew ivins like i said before you could follow him on twitter at andrew underscore ivins he's a national recruiting analyst for 24 7 sports if you like the show please rate and review us and throw us those five stars remember stay locked into 24 7 sports.com for all the latest buzz and recruiting scoop on your favorite college football team for national analyst andrew ivins and our producer lance glenn this is blair angulo thank you so much for listening to the 24 7 sports football recruiting podcast Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So so. So so. So so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after the equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.